another episode of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's hit its limits with streaming services. Oh, there's original content? Okay, maybe just one more. In this episode, we talk about Mondo Games, Happy Meals 40th, BoJack Horseman, Jojo Rabbit, Apple TV, and so much more. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. And I'm Patrick Hill. So get ready to be bled dry $5 a month at a time, because it's time to stream another episode. Introducing Master of One Plus. to kick every episode off by going around the table which is where we talk about something new fun and noteworthy about our weeks patrick hi it does strike me that plus is becoming a very i mean it's used twice that's too many times disney plus apple tv plus yeah it's already confusing how many there are period yeah i just don't understand i don't understand why that like the marketers were like yes this is what this should be it feels like it's all the streaming services have weird names like Peacock. Also weird. Like why? So to be fair, I know they've been calling it Peacock, but there is possibility that it's much like the whole when there's a new console, like a next gen console, they have like a placeholder name. It's probably going to be called NBC plus. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, and I'll get into this later. Cause I am going to talk in depth about Apple TV plus. We're going to yeah. do a full you know, M of one rundown of the service. Yeah. But I, it, it is kind of confusing coupled with the fact that an Apple TV is already a device. And then once you actually enter the app, it's hard to understand what the plus bit of the app even is or where you leave your Apple TV and enter the subscription streaming platforms. (laughs) So from the name to the usage, the whole thing is just muddied in my opinion. And then again, then we have Disney plus, which coming off of Apple TV plus it just muddies the waters even more. Do you think they just did it that way to confuse people? Uh, no. Like, why would that? Why would they intentionally confuse people like that? You know what I mean? Like, I, just to like for the like ten people who buy both, just because they're like, oh, the plus thing. Maybe I expected more from Disney because Apple TV is notoriously bad at naming. Just think about the uh, iPhone naming cycles. How we've yeah. gone to mm-hmm. um, from uh s's to um s oh it was three and three g to the the four and four s to then at some point we moved to the x to the 11 and then we 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 jumped i mean you're also like bypassing the like 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 os systems of like leopard and lion like why well i'm on board with that more than i am trying to do some continuation of a number and then skipping a whole number in the lineage like that doesn't i was like like, you skip from eight to ten but you also oh. like there's no like actual hierarchy of these animals, so it's like what's the newest one? Right, right. It's just unanimal. Uh, yeah, that's right. Eight to then X, which I guess is ten, but we call it X. Right. To now eleven, and now we have Maxes, but then we go from Maxes it's 11 to Max Pros. Pro. Max Pro. Oh, it's the Max and the Pro. So, so anyway, there's, a, there's an Apple's eleven. Garbage. Then there's an eleven Max, and there's an eleven Max Pro. Yeah crazy it's kind of so we're adding the word we're adding the word pro to a lot of things now and we're adding the word plus or even just the symbol the symbol plus plus. max yeah pro and now we have yeah so anyway it's uh oh and we have plus two ways last thing i'll rant about and then i'll actually get into mine if you go and actually search apple tv the um the link to click through the page like the link in the google results so this is what is unfurling this is what is in the meta in the top of the page 
the TV is uppercase. Okay, so Apple yes. uppercase TV. On the page itself, lowercase. Drives me crazy. <laughs> Why would it be lowercase on the page and uppercase in the meta? That doesn't make any sense. That isn't. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Okay, so well, moving to something else. Well, we do else. know that Apple is notorious for not caring much about its brand. <laughs> oh, At least not man. like the punctuation. I'm I'm frustrated, but we'll tell you about the service later. Um, all right. Uh, another thing I'm frustrated at. Uh, I was going to say, loyal- you said you're going to stop your rant, and I'm like, aren't you getting ready to just go into another rant? <laughs> More rant. So, loyal subjects. Wow. I cannot <laughs> believe how long this has been. If you've uh, been listening to this saga since the beginning, we want to give you some sort of special award. Patrick, you, could, you should figure out how to... Find those pe- those people should notify you in a specific way, and you have to give them something because that is they can just have all this loyal subjects crap that That's I have. True. That was going to be my suggestion. If you still even want it now, right in line with the brand, they just announced last week they're going to be in Walmart, which is the perfect place for them. Um, oh man, here here's the deal. I, they did this super double diamond club. They announced this, so it, it released like signups when it were available in March of 2016. From what I can tell, going back through like old blog posts. My guess is they announced it at the end of 2015, and then, uh, but it opened up for sale. It looks like March uh, March 9th or something of 2016. I I bought it because this was going to be a very limited thing, and to their credit, on paper, very good value. Uh, I think in practice the value was too good, and they realized it quickly. And they just were so in the writing, it said this will all be fulfilled in a year. So they so what it was is they guaranteed you that you pay like 200 bucks. And over the course of the next 365 days, we're going to deliver you like 10 toys and we're going to deliver you like two tote bags and a poster and a skateboard deck and like all this kind of stuff. OK, and they're only allowing 100 people to do the membership. And they're lifetime memberships, so you're given the option to renew. If you renew, no one can take your spot. And if you don't renew, then someone can have your spot. That's the way it was going to work. So I bought in, and uh, the first shipment took a while, a a little bit to get there. And then the second shipment took longer, and then it became very clear, this is not going to happen in a year. And at this point... They said it would happen in a year. This is the year 2019. So all of this is happening in a year. Yeah, uh, And then okay. some change. <laughs> so 2017, I was really frustrated. You can hear that on the podcast. By 2018, at some point, I'm demanding my money back. And they're saying, no, your credit card company won't do anything because it's been more than like 30 days or 45 days. I, the last box that was shipped to me was sometime uh, after I moved to Texas because it got forwarded from my apartment complex. So sometime last year. Fast forward to literally like three days ago, I get a email that my another package has shipped. So from this year-long membership I bought in 2016, they just shipped me another package of stuff they had yet to fulfill. It's like two tote ba- bags, I think. Uh, and a t-shirt. And a t-shirt. By the way, they look terrible quality. I because Luke got his in. He yeah. also paid for this. Luke got his in and he sent a picture. Mine still haven't arrived. Here's the thing. Mine aren't gonna arrive because I don't live at that address anymore. I don't have mail forwarding on that address. I don't know how to even log into my loyal subjects account to change my address. They shipped it. You would think that if they took four years to send something or three years to send something, they might check in with you and see if you've made any updates. So someone Makes else 
someone else will get those totes. I don't care. I don't need something else to go throw away. It was just giving me a chore. That's all it was doing. Now I don't have to have a chore to do. Um, garbage. I'm just, I'm so frustrated. And and I understand it, okay? Loyal subjects, you messed up, okay? You, you, you bit off too much. It was too good of a deal. You didn't, ha- it was your first year trying something. You didn't have the processes in place to do it. It happens. The problem, the reason I'm so frustrated is because you dug your heels in. Your customer support was garbage. You did not apologize. You just changed wording on your website and then just uh, continue to insist that, well, you paid for it, so too bad you have to stick it out. Your customer service is what has me so mad, not the fact that you screwed up. So anyway, that's it. Loyal subjects, more garbage is on the way. Um <laughs> All right. If you're in the Chattanooga area, just uh, keep your eye out for a package that says Patrick. You can have it. Yeah, it's your two tote bags and a t-shirt. Um, all right, what's the next <laughs> it's gonna thing? It's going to be like stuck in the mail service like forever. I know. I hope it gets sent back to them. And I hope they then try <laughs> to just... I hope they have to contact me for an updated address. Um, Pay I don't, for shipping don't twice. Yeah, because like everything that I've kickstarted that took that long, like A, I knew ahead of time, but also like they checked in before they mailed anything. Sure. But again, if I had reached out to support or if they had even sent a message, they could have emailed all the backers. I have still yet to receive like an email as a super double diamond club member. No one has ever emailed me to say, hey, this is what's happening. This is where it's at. Nothing proactive has happened the entire time. Everything has been amateur active. And yes, that's bad. And once you reach out to support, where they have to be reactive, they have not been helpful or been kind. So it's just, it's been a total nightmare. So ironically, again, the guy who runs the company's <coughs> name is Ben Kind. <laughs> uh, so I, and on, okay, let me take a step back. I made the comment there in Walmart. That's what they deserve. That is offensive to Walmart. And I apologize. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> so i shouldn't say i have friends that work at walmart and i didn't mean to offend you um all right uh so moving on to another toy company uh that is better doing better um but super plastic and i want to talk about this for a second because andrew and i started have this conversation uh before record so we wanted to continue it on air and then also lauren isn't really familiar with this very much so we get to fill in the gaps, and it's a good thing. Um, so I can take a breather. Andrew, why don't you just jump in and just give an overview of what Superplastic is and, and the part we were honing in on? Yeah, so Superplastic, again, if you've listened to the show for any bit of time, you know um, Superplastic is the uh, company uh, the of the duo uh, Paul Budnitz and Huck G, both of which have been on the show. We love these guys. They're super incredible um, yes. artists and entrepreneurs, innovators. They're they're very much in the mix of things. Superplastic uh, was their collaborative company last year, a little over a year ago, maybe. Um, they uh, uh, came together and were kickstarting a, a set. What essentially was uh, a line of designer toys, blind box designer toys. The platform was being called Janky. And, um, they, they succeeded over and above and they became a, a, a company and they created these toys with all these different incredible artists. Well, they had said from the beginning, it's not just going to be a toy company. The toy is just their, their first offering to what will essentially be a lifestyle brand is the, is the way that they were presenting things. 
Um, so Superplastic uh, continued to put out new products, mostly centered around designer toys or high-end designer toys. Um, but then uh, about five months ago, six months ago maybe, they announced this new venture that they were moving into, which, Patrick, if you want to uh, pick up from here. Sure, yeah. The, the idea, uh, and I do, I want to stress this, we love... Uh, Huck and Paul. Uh, Paul's been on the show once, I think. Huck's been on the show twice. But even outside of that, we've actually, we've, uh, Huck's, anytime I've ever sent him an email to ask a question, he all, like, super quick response, super kind. And, oh, and Paul and Huck did a, uh, a written interview for us, uh, for With Super time. Plastic when yeah. the, when the first campaign came out, which we, uh, posted on, on Time Edition. Um, so anyway. Uh, so now what they're doing, uh, Janky is the the platform that they had released. Janky and then also, uh, I'm going to say Gugaman. I don't yeah. know how to pronounce it. I think it is Gugaman. Yeah. Okay, great. And uh, the idea is that these are the platform. If that doesn't make sense to you, it's it's the, the figure itself, like the shape of the figure. So the way the eyes are, the nose is, the feet are, that is a platform for a toy. So Like a uh, dunny or a labbit or some of these different... Those are kid robot uh, ones, and yeah. then um, you know Huck had the blank that was his platform, yeah. and then uh, Super Plastic has uh, Janky and Gugaman. Um, so what they did is they took these two characters, and they decided to make them influencers. That's the correct word. I hate it. Yeah. Um, yep. But they are they, they social um, influencers. Social influencers. So they they uh, got funding. Uh, and and they they announced their their funding that they received. They got funding from a, it was actually a large number of investors, and uh, they took that funding. They hired a company to build these three uh, D models of these characters that they could then manipulate to like uh, you know go on to interact use to create with, social posts, yeah. right? So they could quickly produce this interactive content using these people. So there's a studio involved and. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I, all, all the work on that side has all been great work. The idea then, being that they would do product placement, that they would do uh, collaborations with artists, with whatever, and like Janky would be, as a character, Janky would be wearing designer clothing or hobnobbing with uh, celebrities at events, and he would be digitally inserted into these for these social media influence posts. Right. So and then now, those, those celebrities or those brands would then share and it would become like a big viral thing. That's kind of the right. Idea. So yeah. we, we know that influencers now influencers are people and people have enough eyes on them that companies pay for those people to rep their products, to wear their clothing, to talk about them, to whatever. Uh, that's a part of this, uh, two facets. One is that, uh, uh, people, uh, can mess up people can end up being damaging for your brand you know imagine how much weight that subway put behind uh jared and then now think of <laughs> what jared Wait. what you think of when you think of the brand oh. and um and so with that said if you're in in fully in control of the influencer um i think there's there is probably a little level of security in that but also it's this other step forward you know we're in a time where you know Actors and actresses don't have to be present to to be in films. Uh, I imagine it, it won't surprise me at all if actors starts uh, or or actresses start selling their license in advance of their of their death, where they're basically selling. Uh, I said license, I meant likeness, where they're basically selling rights to their likeness 
Uh, that way studios posthumously can go in and use them to continue creating movies. Like why, why in the same way that, you know, you have bands that tour for a hundred years because they just keep replacing members. I think that you'll have actors and actresses acting into perpetuity because we have the technology to continue to bring them to life on screen. Mm-hmm. And we have ways of capturing all that. Now the voice and the visuals. So we have all the pieces we need to bring them to life. So t- what they're trying to do, it makes sense in what we're seeing in the video world. We're creating this fully digital thing uh, that can be used to promote stuff. It can function like an influencer, but we have complete control over and will last in perpetuity. It's not going to go away. It's not going to get bored. It's not going to get sick. It's not going to do something destructive (laughs) on its own because we have control. Uh, I totally get it conceptually. Um, That said, given the amount of followers they have it's not a lot of eyes my guess is that a lot of that vc money at this point is being paid for people that are much more famous to actually participate with their campaigns and ultimately they're going to have to exceed a, a threshold and if they don't succeed if they don't exceed that threshold then i don't think the money making potential is going to be there i mean they're going to have to have millions and millions of eyes on them um you know tens of thousands isn't going to cut it and i am not convinced that they can cross that threshold. So it's an interesting thing. I personally would love to see super plastic focus on not just toys, but board games or uh, apparel or lifestyle or all that kind of stuff. I would rather see the energy put that direction. Yeah. Um, Round out the lifestyle brand. Right. Um, I, I personally find this a bit weird. I think it was two kind of odd characters to, to use, um, I, I don't see this getting traction. I see this as being a bit of a money pit. Now, here's what Paul Budnitz would say. Paul Budnitz would say, if people are disagreeing with what he's doing, that means he's exactly where he should be. Because if everybody agreed with it, everybody would have already done it. And then there's no ground to be broken. So Paul Budnitz would say that this is a positive thing that people are struggling with the idea. That said, I'm struggling with the idea. Uh, Andrew, how do, what are your thoughts about it? Because you've actually been following this too. Um, I I just don't I don't understand how they will. I just don't understand how they will end up making money off of this. How this is a part. Um, that's not true. Maybe that's that's not the way I want to say it. I think it. The issue that I have with it is that I'm I'm struggling to see how this is something that matters to me as a consumer. Does that make sense? Like I I believe in the super plastic brand because I believe in the guys who are running the the brand, right? So I 100% support them as a team and as a company. I fail to see how these characters being influencers helps me as a consumer. So, I, they're not they're not yeah. bringing they're not bringing anything new to me does that does that make sense like that i'm not sure nothing is, i, I, I mean, don't know i and, and there are non-human characters of course there are mascots and there are um you know these these brand characters which i think are still technically mascots i don't know yeah um you know there's chick-fil-a cows there's all these recognizable tony the tiger whatever there's all these recognizable characters aren't humans And I get that. But the deal is they're all tied to brands that create something that is valuable, that cannot be easily, that someone can't just step in and and, um, compete with immediately. There's a barrier to doing that. And even if that was removed, there is still a valuable product behind it. 
And I struggle with the fact that yeah, what's I'm not the worried valuable about... product. I mean, yeah, so you're, to me, it's yeah, just we... like, a, I mean, I don't have as much of a dog in the fight because I'm finding about this sure. today. But just looking at the outside, it's like kind of a creative way to market their stuff instead of just posting pictures of the items themselves. If, and to me, it's also like, wait, 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 if, if those characters are supposed to have like personalities built out through their social media followings, then I kind of get what they're doing where they're trying to like explain Gugamon and Janky more in a totally different, more interactive live way that is kind I, of creative. Because it kind of reminds I, me of like the gorillas. Sure. It is. Just it, glancing at it. A little bit like that, except... Except the the merchandise preceded the the characters, the the merchandise well, that, and and the characters operate as a as a blank platform. Meaning, what like the different artists, the different people who are who are um, but, bringing Janky to life. They what they've done is taken one aspect of that personality and they've highlighted that personality and. It just doesn't seem to add up to me. Like they're not even selling, they're not selling me on the the janky product. Like yeah, like I'm not sure exactly serious. how this is like working, but it, like to me, it could be like janky dresses up like sort of like every different version of Barbie. You know, like they don't like yeah, she not, has all these different jobs. You know, so it's okay that she wears different outfits or different. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, but yeah, but even in that, that's what janky as a platform is, right? Because I'm sitting here staring. I literally have four of them sitting three inches from mm-hmm. me right now. And each one of them has their own unique um, appeal to it, its own sensibility, because each artist brings their own appeal and sensibility and style to it. And so some of them are very cute. Some of them are very kind of creepy. Some of them are are very fun. And like they all have these things. And so by... By taking one aspect, and I don't even think that they're like they're just kind of giving a he's kind of like uh based on what I can tell, just kind of like a punk, right? Like everything I've seen, would you say like he's kind of like a like um which one? Janky. Uh yeah, I mean more so. It's like probably a, more of that like skateboarder uh, lazy like skateboard I, lazy is the wrong word, but yes, exactly. Yeah. Um and so I'm just I'm failing to see the connection between the character that they're that they're creating and the product that it actually is. So what they're doing is they're highlighting other things, but the other things don't seem to be things that are equating as a consumable thing for me. That's what I'm saying as a consumer. Sure. So like yeah. He goes to he he's at the he's at the red carpet for Sirius XM. Like that was something that happened a few months ago. Like okay, so what about that? Like what? Like what's the? What am I to do with this? You know, like what I mean? are you selling headphones that he's listening to music there? You're like, yeah, and they're I, not. Okay, and so, they're, yeah, and okay. they're not. So, like, so, so I'm, I'm just like, like, I just glanced at it, which is why I was like, I don't know if this is how it actually works, but the like ideal version, I suppose, would be more tied in. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm I'm failing to see the connection. So maybe well, it's something I that they're open to build out. Or, I, I don't, don't think. Well, based on the press release, I don't get the sense that this is meant. I, I mean, I'm sure in a symbiotic way, everything should promote everything. But based on the press release, the goal is for them to be influencers. The goal is not to sell super plastic. Right. So, and that's kind of a very strange goal to me. I don't right. know I mean, why so they would I, do that. Because there's a part of me that says, oh, you have this character, you made a platform, and now you've built this incredibly vivid story for this platform. That's pretty dang cool. Um, and if that is perpetuating the platform, that's awesome. I mean, and, and frankly, it's, and that it's makes just sense. a... 
it's an extended version of what Huck was already doing with like the dapper world and all that kind of Absolutely. stuff. I mean, it totally fits. Yes. However, the way the press release reads and the way it's being pl- executed in real in real time, it's not about super plastic. They want to be the first completely digital influencers. Yeah, that's what the press release is. And I, it's again, original. I mean, I was going to say, like, I, I, I respect the spirit of the idea. I don't it know makes if sense. it's working. It, it 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 totally makes sense conceptually it makes sense and i'm not even saying something like this won't exist at some point and it could be that that this does happen um i personally am of the opinion that i i don't see this doing well for super plastic in the long run i i think it's going to be uh, a a pretty big money burn unless they can kind of reach that critical mass of uh follows um, and unfortunately in watching how these accounts have grown the past few months, I just don't see where that, that tipping point is happening. Additionally, if you're trying to be influencers and I, I'm the wrong person to say this because there's plenty of people way more popular than me that, that embody these personalities and attitudes and all this kind of stuff. But I do feel like you maybe could have picked someone with a, a bit more universal appeal if that was the goal. Because I don't see a big brand like Procter and Gamble going, here's a bunch of money or whatever. If the goal at the end of the day is to make money, mm-hmm. you probably could have picked something that was a little bit uh, less edgy. Um, now, again, that said, there's there's uh, there's plenty of people out there to support whatever, and there and there's plenty of famous people that have huge followings and probably have similar personalities or or whatever. Just I I just think it's I think it's too on the fringe. I really just think it's too on the fringe. I think the I get the idea, but anyway, I'm I'm excited to see uh, if I'm proven wrong, or to be right. Yeah. Yep, I'm excited either way. Uh, but anyway, that's the uh, introduction introduction to super plastic. Uh, yeah. What do you think, Lauren? You like it? Yeah, it looks cool. I like the the characters do look cool to me. But oh yeah, <laughs> listen the Gugamon uh, high voltage. He yeah, that was the a, one I was saying I really like the most. Oh man, the the axe guitar case is awesome. Very cool. I also like the the jacket and everything. All the details are really neat. Yeah, I have. I mean, I'm sitting here. I I I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I have eight of these figures, and I'm waiting on my super cranky to get here. Which I'm su- that's probably the toy I'm I'm single handedly like most excited about right now because uh, it's a collaboration with Sket One, who we've also had on the show. Uh, we recorded him twice in one night. Crazy story. Um, but it's eight inches tall, and it, it's like you take a janky but cut off the top, and it's just like a paint can on the top. And uh, so it has, like, the the lid that would pop off, and uh, it looks super freak. I'll drop a picture, and it looks super cool. Super excited about it. So nice. I love the product. I love the brand. I love Paul and Huck. I'm worried about you, janky and Gugamon. Um, I talk. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're just like, these darn kids getting in trouble on Instagram. <laughs> I know. I am an old man shaking my fist at a cloud right now. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, please start talking. Why are you shaking your fist at a clown? <laughs> cloud. <laughs> hate clowns. Um, well, I had a busy week. Uh, we had Halloween, and the World Series was in town, so that was a little bit of a big deal. Uh, I also had some family visiting, so um, my brother got sick, and we ended up watching TV a lot. So the main thing I wanted to talk about was the first half of the second season of BoJack Horseman, which is really, really, really great so far. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch the show. 
I've struggled um, with that show. I've I've tried watching it. I think I've watched most of the first season. Yeah, I I think the first season is kind of um, different than the rest of it, but it's literally gotten better and better and better and better and better. It has never had like any kind of slump. It's just improved what they're doing. And I was kind of turned off on it initially because it doesn't start off where it ends up. And I don't love the animation style, but like now that I've watched it for so many seasons, it's really grown on me. And at first, like, it's kind of strange getting used to the, like, animal people and how that works. But they make that some of the best jokes in the show is, like, all the little things in the background that are, like, for animals. Like, Mr. Peanut Butter having a thunder room in his mansion so that he can hide from fireworks. Like, <laughs> it's just really great. He's the dog um, character. So, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, con- um, there's context that makes that funnier. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I would assume that Mr. Peanut Butter is probably not a person. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's like just such a great show. Uh, for some context, if you don't know anything about it, uh, Bojack Horseman is about um, a horseman who goes back to Hollywood about 20 years after his prime, and he's trying to like get famous again in between just hating himself and being an extreme alcoholic. And it's it sounds like really heavy from the subject matter, but like they make it so funny. Like I laugh at this show. I cry at this show. I like learn things from this show. It's just so freaking great. And they left off with this giant cliffhanger. So it sucks to have to wait till January to find out what hands, what happens next. But it does feel kind of good to like savor the last season a little bit longer. So I'm happy about that. This is the, this is the final season. Yeah. 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 Okay. They've said this is the last one and it's wrapping up like at the right time. I think like, Bojack has changed a lot and like it either has to kind of like be an ending or it just goes on this like cycle forever. And Bojack is not a cartoon where it works by like Looney Tunes rules where like no matter what happens, they're like credit scores and medical bills don't matter. Like everything in this show matters. I haven't I haven't watched any of it. The only piece that I've seen is I'm assuming this is like a clip from season one where he's like someone's like working out or something or running and he's laying on the ground on his back and yeah. <laughs> the ho- like this guy tells him like you know it it sucks but if you do it it'll slowly start sucking a little bit less and then like that's all you can do it's like some motivational piece that i see pop up yeah and that is all i've seen from the show is that clip there are lots of really good like lots of good quotes like um there's one where he is done like dating an owl and i think it's in the second season and she says like Something like it's hard to see all the red flags when you're wearing rose colored glasses. I don't know. Like they just like they're it's a great show. It's really like it's profound like with show about talking animals. It's great, though. It's like oh, Dr. Man. Doolittle. Huh. That's a preview that didn't excite me. Um, anyway. But Gosh. yeah, yeah. If you, I, I think it's kind of a hard sell at this point because I think if you don't like it, you probably know that by now because it's been around for a while. But it is a really great show if you're bored and looking for like something a little bit longer to jump into on netflix it's a really okay. great show who, who let's okay. so let me just let me i i have I have no issue with people liking that show i it's fine like it's not it's not terrible but i think for me who i'm more i take more issue with who is out there who is bored and looking for a long series to watch i feel like we are so bombarded like i don't have enough time to watch anything right now and everything is coming out right now like who's sitting around going i just need something to stream 
Like, I mean, I get in that rut because I work from home, so <laughs> that does happen to me quite a bit. But I don't know. Sometimes you just want to like start something that's longer and not just like watch like just a movie or just one season of something. If you want to like get into like a longer experience, so, it's going to be yeah. over soon, so you can jump in. What Andrew's so. saying is disingenuous because he's the one that's binging The Office and Breaking Bad, so he doesn't have time to watch anything because he's watching old stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and I, I will hold <laughs> firm to that. But I'm not watching that stuff because I'm bored. I'm choosing to watch that no, stuff. No, I know. Yeah. I'm not like, I, I need something to watch. I guess I'll, there's nothing on. I guess I'll just watch The Office again. No, I know. I'm going to watch The Office two full times all the way through every year. Like, I just know I've, that's going to happen. I've heard good stuff about Bojack Horseman. I've, again, never watched it other than that one clip. And outside of that, I'm just, gosh, I have such a hard time getting excited about watching anything animated. So that it's continues Will, to be Arnett, right? problem. Yeah, Will Arnett yeah. and um, not Jesse Pinkman. Um, Aaron Paul. Thank you. His, uh, his like, sidekick. And yeah. uh, Amy Sedaris is in it. Uh, Brie Larson. Which um, is why I gave it. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Oh, sorry, writing. Allison Brie, not Brie Larson. Right. I, I'm it's funny I knew exactly who you meant when you said that though um I Too many breeze. I'm not writing it off I think there is there is definitely some there's definitely uh some appeal to it but for me it's it is one of those things where it's like okay once I've finished all these other things I will I will probably pick it back up but I'm like not rushing back to it because it doesn't seem like it it doesn't have a sense it doesn't bring with it a sense of urgency for me but it's also one of those shows that's like kind of heavy sometimes and you do want to yeah. be like watching it watching it because they have like i said a lot of jokes just in the background they deal a lot with depression yeah yeah they actually have like one of yeah like the whole i think third season or fourth season is just like him in his head and they have these like different style cartoons that it's when he's in like depression mode that's it's kind of one of the best like explorations of mental health i've ever seen though on tv and they're they're that good about like everything that they talk about even though it's kind of told in this silly way but they, they just nail like that. Like, like there was literally one episode where I was just like bawling. The next episode started, they sell some stupid joke and I started laughing like in the middle of crying. Like, it's just a really good show. <laughs> I'm just imagining this is you working from home and you're just like constantly between laughing and crying. I'm just picturing how this whole day shakes oh, itself it's, out It's for you. like this one, it's specifically the like Princess Carolyn episode, which is like the... I think anyone who's watched the show will know what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. So you have uh, Lauren's full endorsement on uh, BoJack Horseman. And Andrew and Patrick's lukewarm endorsement. Yeah. Luke has never seen it enough at all on this. <laughs> that was actually unintentional. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, so is that's that your, your turn, week? Andrew. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to kind of speed through this part. Um, because uh, we've spent a lot of time around the table, and I want to get to some of the other fun stuff. So um, I there's two quick things. One um, is kind of a uh, um, actually, I'll just do a quick explanation of it, and then I'll maybe go into it later at, at a different time. Um, we got to pick up the game Unmatched when we were at Mondo Con a few weeks ago. Uh, it's from Mondo Games. It is Mondo Games in conjunction with Restoration Games. All of the artwork is done by Oliver Barrett. And when I say all of the artwork, I mean each card, every, uh, every board component, all of the, the, the uh, box art, 
Um, everything is done by Oliver Barrett. And what's amazing is each one of these cards could by itself be a full size print because each of these, these pieces of or each of these cards are pieces of art. They're incredible. Um, and so the game plays, um, uh, with, uh, different, the, the, the original box game comes out with, um, these mythical characters, these, uh, you've got, um, Alice from Alice in Wonderland. You've got, um, Sinbad, you've got, um, other Medusa. characters, Medusa. And who's the other one? Uh, remember we played with Bruce Lee, but that was the like, expansion. yeah, that's the expansion. Oh, the, the night. It's like King Arthur, King Arthur. That's what it is. King Arthur. Then like, that one had the best artwork. Yeah. There's King Arthur, and then there's uh, an expansion that has Robin Hood and Bigfoot, and then there's a Bruce Lee expansion. They're doing they're doing other IPs as well. They're introducing Jurassic Park. Um, again, I, I I will kind of give more of an explanation of it later. But it's a really cool game. I've played it. It's it's picked. Uh, it's on the shelf and uh, pretty. Once you know what you're doing, you can pick it up and play it in like 20, 25 minutes. It's a good game. Um, the other thing that I'm really excited about this week was announced, and if you're listening to this on, on release day, tomorrow, so November 7th, um, tomorrow, Thursday, November 7th, you can uh, head on over to McDonald's because for the next week, week only, from November 7th to 11th, I guess it's only four days, five days. That's mean considering um, how many toys there are. I know. Uh, McDonald's is celebrating Happy Meal's 40th anniversary by bringing back a uh, a curated uh, grouping of their classic Happy Meal toys, so that's awesome. Um, it's incredible. It's really and cool. So yeah, they, they have. So I'll just do a quick rundown of what I've seen. They haven't released everything, but what I've seen is um, they have the they have My Little Pony. They have Space Jam. Yeah, I remember the Space Jam toys. Those were incredible. Yeah, Furby. Hot Wheels, Tamagotchi, um, the McNugget crew that you can dress yep. up, the dress up McNugget crew. Oh, I cannot I have believe a whole how many bunch of those like in a bag. I, I have them still. Oh my gosh. Can you they're, bring them with like, you next week? Yeah, yeah. Please. I will. Okay. Yeah. I will, if for no other reason than for me to do a photo shoot with them and then you can take them back. Because it's so I, fun to try and match them up because I don't oh, remember like fully which goes with which, but you can kind of guess. I love them. Yeah, it's um, so cool. So you, there's those, there's like some classic, you've got the Hamburglar and you've got Grimace, um, 101 Dalmatians, Hot Wheels. I think I already said Hot Wheels, uh, Hello Kitty, a Power Rangers. And then the one that I'm apps. Oh, uh, Thai Beanie Babies. Um, oh my God. And the one that I'm absolutely, absolutely excited about are the dino transforming food items. So yes. like the... Um, stegosaurus that is a um, that is a hamburger or like the uh, or maybe the stegosaurus is uh, is the happy meal I can't remember but there's a I couple of a, different ones and the T-Rex is the happy meal I maybe like yeah that, maybe yeah. you're right um, but guys I could not be happier about this um, oh they do From, give us a full list Sorcerer's November. Apprentice Mickey. Yeah, yeah, I was looking at the list. That's you a said. US that's a US exclusive. Um Hello Kitty, Furby, My Little Pony, Tamagotchi, 101 Dalmatians, Patty the Platypus, which is the Beanie Baby, Space Jam Bugs, Power Rangers, Hamburglar, Hot Wheels, Thunderbird, Dino Happy Meal Box Changeable, Grimace, Hamburger Changeable, Mail Carrier McNugget, Fireman McNugget, and Cowboy McNugget. 
I got them all except for the the Disney one, which is gosh. Yeah. We were in the uh, man. I I feel like I grew up in the golden age of McDonald's toys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I am so this starts. So, so thrilled. This comes out on the sixth. This starts tomorrow. It comes starts out oh, on dang. the seventh. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. If you listen yeah, to this on record on release day, you can get these starting tomorrow. But you only have four days. So and while supplies last, I'm going to be driving to so many McDonald's. But I'm going to like, give me the toy I want. You want to take up. a? Let's take a road trip uh, tomorrow, Andrew. I will absolutely do that. We will we will do a trek. I will take the day off to trek across uh, Texas and from San Antonio to Austin and beyond, just stopping at every McDonald's we can. Absolutely. I just want the McNuggets. I want the yeah. changeables. Um, what else do I want? I mean, that Mickey looks pretty rad too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. They, and they're releasing it in the classic red and yellow box. Yeah, box. So, no, yeah. So, oh my gosh, I can't wait. So uh, cute. I am, I am beside myself on that one. All right, uh, that's it for my week, and that that's it for Cooper's college fund. It's going into uh, trying to get all <laughs> all the McDonald's toys. But if you get them all, then you can sell them again and get a new college fund. That's true. Yeah. Right. Um, and there was, I feel like there was one other thing. Oh, this is just a quick nod. Um, this week we, we got the release, the first episode of his dark materials on HBO. I'm just giving you a heads up next week. Uh, we are going to geek out over that pretty hard. Lauren and I will for sure. Yes. Uh, so if you just prepping you, if you want to be in on that conversation, watch that episode this week. It's been out for a couple of days now. If you're listening to this on release day, um, his dark materials on HBO, go watch it because we will be talking about it next week. That is a public yeah, service absolutely. announcement for you. Um, all right, that's it for my week. Let's talk about, uh, some of our categories. <laughs> So categories, um, I, let me just kick mine off because I have kind of like a classic category where it's like something new that I'm really, I think is really cool. And I in love yours of art and design. Do you love it? Let's do it. Yes. Okay. I'm so excited about this one. Uh, it popped up in my feed about a week or two ago and I've been excited to talk about it. Um, but Halloween came and so I had to kind of push it aside, but I'm very excited about this. Um, Polaroid has released this thing called the Polaroid Lab. And what you do is it's essentially a uh, um, a little film. Uh, what do you call it when you when you like a printer sort of? Yeah. But what do you uh, no develop? It's a it's a little de- a film developer inside of the can. It's like taking uh, a Polaroid camera, a classic Polaroid camera. However, it adds some really cool stuff to it. So what you do is you take photos with your phone just like normal, and then you set your phone onto this uh, this this development lab um, that sits on a table. It's it's small and compact, but you set your phone face down on it, and it scans your phone, prints that photo out in real time, and it will also with com- complete with all of what you would normally have with a Polaroid. It it, it has that kind of film grain to it. I mean, it's real development. It's not just like a printer, like it actually develops it. And it uses these three different lenses to, to get that uh, real kind of dark room look to it. Um, but then besides that, what it also does is it, it implements some technology into it so that you've got uh, uh, augmented reality. You can then take that 
real photo that started digitally on your phone. It becomes tangible and real. And then you can hold that that photo in front of your phone. And it will, if it was taken from a video, it will show you the video. It will augment that photo and look like in your hand that that video is playing in your hand. So it's this really, really cool way of, um, of letting you interact with these photos. Cause a lot of times, I mean, the, the argument these days is that we take thousands and thousands of photos and they never go anywhere, right? There's no, they never, there's never go anywhere. And that, that idea for something tactile, something real, something tangible. Um, we all, we all still have a desire, um, to have something real, this mixes both of those things and and pulls that level of technology in a way that is fun and it's accessible. And I don't think it's just kind of a kitschy knockoff kind of thing. I think it could actually be a really, really cool um, use of this technology. So uh, it is $130. You can go and get it now. Uh, it might be pre-order. I'm, I'm looking to see. I think it it may, I think it was pre-order when I first looked at it, but I think you might actually be able to get it now. Um, it's it's very very cool. Uh, I I I don't have one yet. I haven't purchased one yet, but it might be on my Christmas list for this year because I think it's a cool way of uh, of interacting with your photos. Yeah, I was about to say this might be boyfriend's Christmas present because he's a big Polaroid person anyway. Like he has a Polaroid camera and we use it all the time. And what I love about it is it allows you the 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 ease of getting the right photo because you know it, with, mm-hmm. with with real film you get one shot at it or you're having to waste all of your film trying to get the the perfect photo. This one you can get the perfect photo and it still has that real vibe to it. I absolutely love that. Yeah, because um, Polaroid film is quite expensive. It is very expensive. So uh, and you're, now you have duplicates too. So like if you take a picture of you and your friend, you can both have one. Yeah. That's exactly right. This would be good for for parties, maybe even. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like small like birthday parties or whatever. It's just, I think it's a really really cool idea, and I'm excited to see yeah. what they what they do with it. So very um, cool. Anyway, it, it works in conjunction with an app, like everything these days. Uh, and yeah, anyway, I'm I'm very excited about it. Uh, Patrick, why are you excited about I, it? I just loved it. Well, I love what Polaroid is doing. I, I, with the, all their vintage, so if you haven't looked at their their site, what they do is they actually take cameras, they refurbish them, and uh, style them, and then sell them. And so you can go and you know they have like an MTV edition, and they have a Mickey edition, although that one's already sold out. A Grand Canyon edition, and in it's all these old cameras that they sold that they have refurbished, cleaned up, packaged, and are reselling. And I I think it is so smart of them to do. Uh, and the pieces they're putting out are, they're, um, they're fun. And of course they're nostalgic, but I think it's, it's, um, there's just always something that feels so real and tangible about treating photos this way. Uh, and I think that coupled with the nostalgia just makes it very exciting. So I just love that this is what they're doing. And from a design perspective, um, it it really is a nice blend of like that modern, uh, like postmodern kind of vibe, and the the sleek lines and everything. I think are just absolutely perfect for what Polaroid does and how they've managed to stay relevant, um, and in some ways are kind of pushing 
us back to to um to to a time where like that we would have all thought has moved out of relevance and moving that back into the spotlight. And I'm just really, I'm really pleased with what they're doing. And uh, I think it's a really, really cool idea. So, um, that's it. Uh, Polaroid lab, go check it out. Um, I know we're going to all have a lot to say about your category, Lauren. So let's finish on that. Patrick, why don't you take us, uh, now? (laughs) Okay. I was thinking that we would have more to say on his. Oh, but we've all seen yours, and we all have a okay, lot to good, say. Okay, good, good, good. Um, all right. So I'm talking about I, – we teased this at the beginning. I'm talking about uh, Apple TV Plus Max um, Pro, uh, which <laughs> – S. <laughs> S. Uh, G, 3G. Um, yeah, Apple TV <laughs> Plus. It's the new service um, that, that just came out this past week. What's funny is I didn't even realize that it was coming out so soon. Me neither. I was uh, on my Apple uh, TV, and I got a notification saying, congratulations, you have a year of the service. And uh, it worked out great. And immediately started watching. I had been looking forward to For All Mankind, and then my wife had been looking forward to uh, The Morning Show, and so we just uh, jumped right in. So uh, a couple notes. I already mentioned this uh, early on. I found the interface incredibly confusing. Once I actually clicked into the Apple TV Plus portion, I feel like the first thing I was greeted with was the ability to buy other subscription services. Yeah. Which subscribe totally to FX or subscribe to Showtime or subscribe or to... pay money to rent a movie or pay yeah. money to buy a movie. I, I understand from the keynote that they do intend to this this app to be everything you own, even non-Apple, lives in one place. And so this becomes your hub for all thing television and movies. I get that. But in clicking through to the service, it was a bit confusing what the paid-for service actually was if you're just prompted to immediately spend more money. Uh, it makes you kind of feel like you didn't actually get anything. Um, so What's- that's... So then, like, what is, like, they, they want you to, like, subscribe to, like, FX through that, like, a separate channel? Or, like, how does that work? Yeah, so, so you're essentially using that. Exactly. The- so the idea would be that, you know, now if you want to watch something, you have to jump into Netflix and browse their library. Then you have to jump into Hulu <laughs> and browse theirs. And then you have to jump into Amazon. Or maybe you have to go to Google and you have to type it in and it'll tell you what platforms it's on. Uh, so they're trying to aggregate it all into one location yeah. so you don't need to leave you can just do all your searching in one place pull up your shows in one place and it will play from the corresponding app that you have the the subscription for so what if i already have cable i have fx can i log in and use that or so they, all just... of the services we have it has they they uh the logins do work yeah. um now i ran into a situation where i didn't i wanted to play something through Hulu because I prefer that platform, but I also have access to the content through E, which Mm -hmm. I, for some reason have downloaded, who knows why. (laughs) And so like I clicked on it and it launched the E app, but I didn't want to launch the E app. I wanted to launch the Hulu app. So there's a little confusion for me there uh, about like how you can be selective of where you play the content from. Um, I ended up just canceling the operation and then I just went to Hulu and launched the content in Hulu gotcha. and watched it how I was used to watching it. So, uh, But the idea is that it is a, a single aggregator for all of your content and you can browse everything in one place. Now, ad- 
In addition to that, they do also have uh, their offering as well. They have shows and then they do have, uh, I think their first film is coming out. Um, I think it's called The Bank. I'll look up the title real quick so that way I make sure I don't get that wrong. But the point is they do have original content as well. So the bank is going to, they're doing original movies too? I didn't realize that. The Banker. Mm -hmm. It's called The Banker. I think that's going to be their first film that's coming out. Um, But yes, they're doing original movies, original TV shows. Um, They have a a pretty big uh, budget that they're, they're pushing towards that. Uh, so they will have content, but the but Apple TV Plus is more than the content. It's the content and the aggregation that the platform does. That's what the service is, uh, and and for a you know a few bucks a month, so it's cheaper than basically every other service that's out there. And uh, how much content is there right now? Because that right was kind now, of like my biggest like gripe about signing content. up for it now. Yeah, nothing. Six pieces of original content. I was gonna say. Yeah. Literally, that's a great question. Yeah, there's not much content. So uh, we'll walk through a couple of the pieces real quick, because I think for the most part. Yeah, convince uh, me. Oh, I don't know that the convincing is the (laughs) I don't know. That's the word I would use. We will shoot straight with you and you can decide on your own. Yeah. So (laughs) there's not a lot of content. So which in my mind, it it makes sense that they're basically giving it out to everyone that's already in the Apple ecosystem in some way. I I got it for a year because I just got the new iPhone. Yeah, I, okay. I got it. I was it like, I have year. an Apple TV anyway, but I just haven't literally turned it on since I came on. Yeah, yeah. if basically if you go buy, uh, if you buy an Apple TV, a watch, a phone, an iPad, if you buy any of that stuff, they're gonna bundle. They're gonna give you this for a year. So it's it's there's a pretty low barrier for getting it. A lot of people are already upgrading phones because that just happened. Any anybody that bought a, an 11 is gonna get the service. Um, so a lot of people are gonna get the service for free, which makes sense given it the the service is lacking a lot of content. So jumping into to what is there, uh, the, the big show, what is kind of the flagship is the morning show. Uh, the reason that show is so important is because it's the first show that Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Anderson has been in, uh, since friends, correct. The, the first TV show, um, also has Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon, um, it, the performances in this show, to be fair, are incredible. So this is like the flagship show, and it's about uh, it's based on a a book, and it's about uh, a a newsroom that is dealing with a scandal that has happened. So it's partially dealing with the scandal, but also dealing with what goes on behind the scenes at a major news network. Okay, uh, the next, and it's uh, as far as the 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 style of the show. Andrew, you you mentioned that it kind of plays like newsroom a bit, which it does, it does it kind of does play like newsroom. Yep, newsroom a bit. Um, one of the first showrunner was the showrunner for House of Cards, and you can see some of the mm. influence there. So uh, it is a a drama, um, but but that's the morning show. The next show is uh, for all mankind. For all mankind, it uh, basically asks the questions: What if we weren't the first people to land on the moon? What if we didn't beat the the you know Soviet mm. Russia? And so the Russians are the first people to land on the moon. And so it starts um, at that point. It deviates from history and starts talking about the next steps in in trying to salvage the NASA program and then assert world dominance again and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's uh, for all mankind. Uh, is that C, kind of like a documentary style or is it more like, um, like a, a drama or whatever? Still drama. We're yeah. still firmly in drama. I haven't laughed once. 
Um, no, not that it's funny. Like, kidding. is it done in the style of like a documentary? Like, this actually happened later. Or this is just it. Just shows you the events. No, I mean it's it's no, it's not documentary style. So it's still uh, drama in the moment with the characters. Okay. Um, outside, like, it plays a lot like First Man. Uh, no, I, well, I wouldn't say it, it's in not the, not is, in the storyline. I just mean in like in the depiction. It's a it's a storytelling. Yeah. It's not it's not a documentary. Yeah, yeah, you you could say it's a like a reverential depiction of space and space travel in the way that I think First Man was also very reverential. Yeah. It is not is um, First Man is is detailed almost to the a lot of I think a lot of people found it boring because maybe it was a bit too in the weeds of the it was details. A biopic. This show is not like that. Uh, this show definitely has a, a bit more pizzazz to it. Um, but yes, it, it does. Uh, the, in the, the shots of space, the shots of of um, uh, of, of those pieces, uh, it is cutting in real footage, uh, actual footage from launches, actual footage from TV interviews at the time. So uh, it is cutting that in really seamlessly and then the stuff they've rendered it it's all just top class stuff so nothing feels cheap about any of these shows it all feels like best of the best mm-hmm. and it should given the budget um all right third show is c which andrew you'll have to give the uh, the basic rundown is, is is a society where no one has sight but that's all i know andrew you've yeah, you've actually I've, watched some of the i've show. seen c <laughs> uh is it, it the jason momoa one yeah it's, yes. it's uh okay. jason's mimosa that's all i know yeah and um it is a it is a culture that is centuries ahead of where we currently are in the 21st century it sets all this up within the first few minutes in the 21st century a a uh, a bio war happens and it causes everybody to lose their sight and go blind moving forward everyone is breeds blindness and there is no sight so much so that by these centuries later, we have kind of cycled back into what would be considered primitive style living, like caveman Viking style living um, in the wilderness. We have learned to hunt and uh, gather and and function without sight. Um, within the first episode, you find out like even so much as like as uttering the word vision or sight um, would be considered heresy and you would and, and it would be bad. Uh, within the first few minutes, you find out that a someone of a leading character is pregnant and getting and giving birth. My assumption is that this baby will maybe have sight and will mm-hmm. be the cause of lots of turmoil. So um, it, the the show is shot incredibly well. The action is really really good. It it plays a little bit like Game of Thrones in the action sequences. And so, I mean, with Jason Momoa, it's like having uh, Count Dracula or whatever his name was. Cal Drogo. Um, that was that was for Lauren. I knew she was gonna be yeah. um Cal Drogo. It's Cal Dracula. <laughs> Count Dracula. Isn't that that's not his name? Uh Cal Very Drogo. It's like having call. him it's like having him back. And so it was that was actually sure. really, really cool. Um so yeah, C is is kind of that action adventure. Uh I don't know. It'll scratch sure. that itch for you. Will you, uh, ha- will you go back to that? Because it sounds like you're not finished with it. Yeah, I've only watched enough to be able to give like first touches of. Well, so it's they're only releasing these things episodically. So there's oh, only there's only that. three episodes of of morning show out right now. Um, okay. And all uh, there's only a couple episodes of of. 
I think um, each one only has three out right yeah. now. Yeah. So, so it's probably also, smart of them to dole it out slowly. We also have, okay, so the other ones that we haven't seen, um, uh, Dickinson, which is a period comedy. Oh, I saw that trailer for that. Um, Ghost Rider, which I have read good reviews about Ghost Rider, but it, it's a reboot of the show Ghost Rider, which I actually, I used to watch, uh, it's like you know, when I was a story. youngin, mm-hmm. yep. where stories come to life. Um, and, um, they and have bumps. <laughs> helpsters. Yeah, yeah. Followed by reading rainbow. Yeah. Helpsters, which is, uh, done by Sesame street company. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not Jim Henson though. Um, okay. And it doesn't feel like Jim Henson, but it is a kid's show. Uh, we watched the first episode of that and it, in it, I'm, I'm a little underwhelmed by the production value of the puppets, especially mm-hmm. knowing how much, how, how incredible of a job they did on dark crystal. This mm-hmm. looks like, this looks like kindergarten puppetry in, in relation to it. So Sad. I was a little underwhelmed by it. And then outside of that, uh, Oprah's book club, Snoopy in space. I was wrong before I said the first movie is going to be the banker. The first mo- movie is going to be Hala and the second movie is going to be the banker. They so also they have, have the queen, uh, the, the elephant, elephant queen. queen, which is a documentary. Um, so yeah, so, uh, one documentary is out right now. They have, um, about eight shows, and then um, they have two films on the way. They have three more shows on the way right now. I, there is only the majority. They're all dramas. Um, one of them is listed as a thriller. And then you have a documentary and it's all dramas that the, really the exception is the only one that's out is the period comedy, which is Dickinson and helpsters. <laughs> and then there, they have a musical comedy that is that's supposed to come out first of the year. But again, out right now, a lot of drama. Okay, so as far as the shows themselves, this is the last piece. Uh, so not a lot of content. There, there is some content. You might find something that excites you. Uh, it's fine. Uh, it's all fine. I haven't, I haven't been offended. I haven't. Um, you know, I, I still have enough energy in me to. So I've watched all the morning show episodes. Those three. Uh, mm-hmm. Episode one, terrible start. Uh, really, just uh, that's a bad review. It's not terrible. No, no, it's, listen, it's, it just, you just don't get a sense of who anybody is. It's doing, it's like introducing you to people in pieces and it's not actually, it's mm-hmm. it, it, simultaneously like nothing is happening. Um, I, I think the, the, um, it, I just found it to be a, a frustrating episode to watch. I understand that episode, there's two pieces of this. I, One, I a, loved it. So as a, as an immediate contrary i loved it like it was enough to keep me wanting to watch it but i've only watched the first episode of all of these things yeah you know it's just it's one of those things where um there's two components one component is it's a new series and a series has to find its footings how many times do you describe a series by saying skip season one yeah and the second piece of it is that they actually uh change showrunners within the first few episodes and so the the tone of the show itself uh, is taking a bit of a shift. I, I just think that the first episode was very uh, meandering, and given the amount of money, I mean, we're talking about episodes spend on par with the last season of Game of Thrones. Uh, mm-hmm. Given the money is spent, given that the people at their disposal, given the importance of this platform and, and this show kind of being the flagship show, I I was uh, pretty disappointed with with the actual uh, with the episode itself. I thought it was a bit weak, all things considered, but. I did watch the next two episodes. It it felt like it was actually picking up on a direction by the time the third episode left off. 
I still feel like the the they haven't done a great job at introducing the the characters or their personalities yet. Like I still don't feel like I understand really anything about the characters or that it's been wishy washy. However, I'll continue watching it. Uh, for all mankind, I've done the first episode. I'll go ahead and watch the second episode. Not feeling very strong feelings, and I haven't made it to C. Andrew, you've seen C. You said it was pretty decent. Yeah, what you've I, seen yeah, so I'm far. gonna keep. I'm gonna keep watching it. I think the story is compelling. It's, um, yeah, it's. I, th- I think it's good. And helpsters, you said you were disappointed with. So I'm very disappointed it, with that. Yeah. yeah, it. It just. Yeah. I don't I, have I, a ki- I don't have a kid that's in that age bracket. So to be fair, like sure. this, I it might be very handy for for people who have young children. Um, but I have a preteen, and he's not going to watch that. There's no reason to watch that from my from my vantage point. And I and I like puppets. I li- it's not like it's not the medium. It's the execution of it. It doesn't like I'm. It's a well, it's yeah. an okay. It's okay to miss for me. This is the thing you said um, that I think that I think really sums up my feelings pretty well. And that's that we have plenty of content right now. We are inundated with content. I, I can't even just thinking of one platform, Netflix in the last week, we saw, uh, the King Dolomite is my name, the Irishman. Um, Jack season six. Uh, yeah, I think three weeks ago we got a new Kaminsky method, like uh, just the amount of content. And that's just oh, breaking one. bad. Like the El Camino, oh, yeah. like El yeah, Camino was a couple weeks yeah. ago. So that's just one platform, not to mention that we have just a lot <laughs> um, more and, every and day. And next week, Disney Plus will be doing this November for 12th, Disney Plus. we'll get Mandalorian yep. and we'll get I was like, I'm more stuff. excited for that than anything that even was mentioned on this Apple uh, Plus list. Those Thinking are mine. of HBO, the fact that today on record day, we're getting, um, what's it called, Andrew? His Dark Materials. His Dark, His dark materials. materials. Good Andrew impersonation, right? We just... That was great. We just got Watchmen season started. We, we're... Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley just started up. The shows they already have, when you look at Succession or... Um, I know we just finished another of The Deuce. But when I think of all this other content we have, we have plenty of content. And then I start, in my mind, ranking what I just saw from the morning show and ranking what I just saw from... Uh, for all mankind in that list. It's not on any of my top lists, and these are the flagship for this product. So I think it's a very weak start. However, we all have been given a year of it for free. New content is coming out. We'll see how these shows develop as they do find their footing, as the uh, the crew starts working better together, as they do start ironing out the 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 kinks with the cast or the story or, or all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it'll be especially interesting to see where these seasons end up and, and how season two kicks off. So uh, I will continue to follow it. I'll, I'll for sure stay with morning show and for all mankind. I may not get to the uh, other content right now. Um, but yes, we just have, we just have so many choices that uh, good, decent. It just doesn't cut it given what's at our disposal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lauren, take us home. All right. So um, I want to talk about Jojo Rabbit, which is a new movie that came out hey! at least here this week. I've been trying. I know it was out earlier in some other market. It's a. It's a, yeah. the The release schedule on this is a little bit wishy washy. So depending yeah. on where you're at in the country, you may have had this for a week or two, or you may not have this yet. And it's possible you may not get it. 
I don't know. But I hope you do because it's a good movie. It's mm-hmm. very cute and fun. Actually, Give us the rundown. I mean, fun is kind of a tough thing. Uh, yeah, so it is a movie about a little boy named Jojo who is in the like Nazi youth, and he discovers that his mom is hiding a Jewish girl in the walls of their house, and um, things kind of go from there when he learns that everything that he's been taught as a little Nazi might not be true. Yeah, a, a kind of a big component to this, too, is that he, like many of the Nazi youth, you would you would assume, idolizes and uh, hero, you know, has a hero status for Adolf Hitler. And we... His imaginary friend. <laughs> right, and so we get to see him interacting with Hitler throughout the course of the movie, but it's a Hitler that is a, sat- a satirical version of Hitler as seen through the eyes of a 10-year-old Hitler youth. Who thinks so that Hitler funny. is the hero? Yeah, it's very like goofy, flamboyant version of Hitler. It's not yes, very absolutely. realistic. So, uh, um, keep going. Yeah, I think, um, so I did really, really like this movie, but I didn't love it like I do all of other Taika Waititi's movies. Um, I'm like a huge fan of everything else he's done. And I kind of just felt they were a little scared of this movie the whole time. And it kind of felt like they were just asking each other, like, are you sure it's okay to talk about Nazis the whole time? And I think that kind of held the movie back a bit. Really? I don't know if you guys felt like that. I felt like literally the exact opposite of that. I definitely felt like they played it safe. (laughs) Why are you laughing at that, Patrick? Well, I wouldn't say exact opposite, but Andrew and I, we, we had this conversation because the, the idea that the movie played it safe is, uh, it, it is a common criticism that I've heard for this film. And, um, and that said, I, I would say that reviews are positive, but mixed. If you look at, you know, like Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, all that kind of stuff. Um, that said, I think where we landed on is that the movie, so Hitler, um, certainly the the primary character, but but the movie is from the perspective of a ten year old boy, and mm-hmm. so his comprehension of what Nazism is, his comprehension of what the war is, his comprehension of all these things, are the comprehension of a ten year old, and not yes. not just mm-hmm. that, but a ten year old that is that is in the center, and, and of course who has, starting the yeah, film, who has heroicized, yeah, what would arguably one of the most evil dictators in the history of the world right so one piece mm-hmm. of it is that you aren't going to get the the dark gritty part of it because a 10 year old doesn't understand the dark gritty part of it and the, hasn't seen it um the second piece of it is that that we discuss is that we already know how terrible hitler is and how terrible all that the 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 all the war atrocities and and all those type of things we we of course, have been inundated with material since we were young about all these atrocities and and that kind of stuff. Um, And so from that standpoint, too, I I almost feel like it wasn't necessary to to delve into it because that's kind of like understood knowledge. And so we get to focus on less about how bad the war is and more about uh, how everyone we're around is human. Uh, So that's kind of the feeling there, uh, the reason why I felt like them not diving in was okay because of the perspective of the film. But, but, but I, it doesn't mean that it's correct. I don't so. think that the problem is it wasn't like violent enough or like not serious enough about the war stuff. I think that they actually like did a very good job of making, making fun of some of this stuff like in the movie and, and but not 
treating it badly. Like they make jokes, you know, in the background when there's that big war scene. Um, but I don't know, like the, the things I felt were just safe is that like they, like there wasn't a lot of actual, like imaginary Hitler was not in the movie as much as I thought he would be. Um, I think learning a little bit more about the like Nazi characters that he does interact with, like Sam Rockwell's character would have been cool, but I, I, gonna bet that the studio was scared to put more hitler in a movie that is mostly positive and i don't know like i don't know because because i think yeah i I guess i just don't know that i intrinsically believe that 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 they chose to take that stuff out out of fear because one of the I definitely that, think they were scared to piss people off by even putting nazis in a movie like that's see, obvious. But, I, I, but i don't I don't know because like if you look at what the other stuff that that Taika has done, not like Thor Ragnarok, right? Not some of these mm-hmm. major big budget, but like some of his other stuff. They showed at the Draft House. You saw this at the? Did you see this at the Draft House? Uh, I've just tracked down all of his stuff at okay. some point, but so but I know like, what you're talking about. This, this, he 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 deals with this stuff pretty regularly, and so I I don't think he doesn't shy away from it in any other in any other no. situation. I think. Um, I think we saw as much of Hitler as we needed to see in this movie to get the the right sense for the movie. But the movie ultimately wasn't about Hitler and the movie no. even wasn't about like it wasn't even about World War Two as much as as it was like this. It, what ended up being this kind of satirical, gritty coming of age movie in mm-hmm. in like the negative way where you're seeing the world from this from the perspective of this Everything is grand. I'm on the right side of everything. Ten-year-old, and everything is is lofty and fun. But as he starts to figure out what the world is actually like, you start to see his image of Hitler degrade, and he you start mm-hmm. to see from his perspective the image of the world degrading. And as he becomes more mature, and as he's maturing through all of these terrible, terrible circumstances, you get a better picture of reality. Um, and I think from that standpoint, the movie was incredibly balanced. And that's why I told Patrick, I was a little nervous when the movie first started. The first half hour was very, very, um, silly. It was very Mm -hmm. slapstick. It was very tongue in cheek, lots of tongue in cheek, which I'm all for, but I was afraid the entire movie was going to be like that, but it started shifting as he starts to mature through things. And I think by the end of the movie, we had a, some very, very serious tones, some very serious subject matter with hits of these, this slapstick and hits of the, of the tongue in cheek stuff. But I think it was just enough to keep the movie as a whole to be ultimately like really, really balanced. This is top five for sure. Probably top, maybe top three for me for the year, because I think it was, I think it did a really, really good job. I like Wes Anderson, but I think this is like, I think Wes Anderson movies can be like Wes Anderson plays into his own. He drinks his own Kool-Aid from time to time where it's like he makes a movie. He's like, okay, how can we Wes Anderson this? This feels uh, like it has all the quirkiness of a Wes Anderson uh, of a, quirk, a quirkiness of a Wes Anderson movie, but um, with a toned back sensibility that I think makes it very approachable and I think very very attainable for people. I I absolutely I, I was like this movie. Yeah, I I did really like this movie. It's still going to be super high on my top of the year as well. It's just that like. I think one of the things I like the most about Taika Waititi's movies up to this point is that, like, they're so confident in no matter what the subject matter is. Like, 
vampire roommates. Even Thor was like really hard to adapt before he got his hands on it. And like, they just like go for whatever his weird idea is. And I felt like 10% of like hesitation with this movie. And I, and it felt like the editing was kind of choppy to me. And it's just kind of like a weird complaint. But like, I did just feel like somebody else touched this movie a little bit too much. And it felt super West cut. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if that even is was different, but it felt like it wasn't his version of this. It felt like Wes Anderson movie to me, and I love Wes Anderson. Yeah, I, so I, like I it's mean, like not a bad thing. It's just like I wanted just this little bit extra that wasn't quite there, which I get from all of his other things. So I wanted that little magical sparkle. What we need to do is just have him on the show and ask him how much of this movie he adapted based on like on how much he left out of the film based on fear. And then they'll just answer the question definitively. I would be really curious to know. Cause like, there's no way that that stuff didn't cross his mind, studio's mind, absolutely every person's mind when they're talking about this movie. But like I, do, well, this movie. A, I do think what, what Patrick was saying, there's a, a component to this that holds true even for this, which is nobody, nobody is, af- is afraid to, to go after Nazis. Like no one is trying to, Say, hey, but hey, let's remember, keep, you know, let's keep it balanced, good and bad for Nazis. No one's fighting for for that. So I I just no, I'm having trouble feeling I, like the idea of talking about Nazis would be frowned upon, especially like if like going for it and making fun of them. Like, I think that's kind of the, I mean, but like this movie almost thing. didn't get released like this movie almost didn't get released because Disney bought it from Fox, you know, like and, and they were scared because it has Nazis in it like. And it's yeah, not so just a straight so up serious depiction. <laughs> like that's, you know what I mean? Like, so does Indiana Jones. I mean, like, but those are like explicitly bad. This is a lot more gray area, like, because you're starting off with your main character being into it. I sure. think, I don't know. Like, I'm just looking in from the outside also, but like, I, like, I just felt like there was a hesitation in it within it somehow. Yeah. That's, and that's a, that's a fair. Yeah. I, I think, um, and that that's uh yeah certainly um I, I, the sentiment you share is a sentiment i've i've heard other people share as well so um, I mean, this is like we don't all agree today but that's okay i know yeah, yeah it's fine um i i uh i have to say that uh for for me ultimately i would i would side with i i enjoyed the tone all the way through my my guess is uh it'll be interesting to see what taika ultimately says my guess is it didn't deviate very much uh uh, if any, from what his intent was, I haven't found any interviews where he said it has. Uh, certainly, if maybe if it was in Disney's arms the entire time, maybe it wouldn't have got made, or maybe it would have got messed up. But the film was finished before it went to Disney, and the film I mean, ultimately they did, do did get shoots at one point too. I know. Ultimate. Well, every. I mean, every film does reshoots. Um, ultimately, the film has been released. It has. Uh, it won the Audience Choice, I believe, at TIFF, and uh, it does have some awards buzz around it. So. The film has not been diminished at all um, as far as the release goes. Uh, and and for I don't think f- it should. I think a lot of people should sure. see this movie. It's freaking awesome. And for the film, I, I personally enjoy the tone. I mean, I... It's I not the, the film- tone I have a problem with. It's just like there's this thing in it that felt like they were holding back a tad. Right. So um, there's one thing that I, I, I hate to say because I, I, I wanted to confirm it before we talked about it on the podcast, but I haven't got a chance to look it up. The the alleged thing is that Taika made the comment that um, he didn't do a lot of research uh, on Hitler because Hitler didn't deserve the research. And That's I That's not I, the problem, though. I, I love I love the idea that um, 
that the story we're trying to tell is the story of these two people, uh, this this ten year old and and this other girl, and uh, this understanding that the world is a, a bigger than what I've been brought up in and that people are people like just mm-hmm. because someone's not like me doesn't make them a crazy bat demon that hangs upside down when they sleep. Yes. And I think that it did tell that story very well. I had a, a emotional reaction to it. Oh um, yeah. A I couple was crying of, at the end. Exactly. A couple of visceral reactions. And so from that perspective, I, I, it's hard for me to know what could have been done better because beyond that, it accomplished the thing in my mind that it set out to accomplish and it got an emotional reaction out of me. So, um, so I, I don't I, in any of the stuff that was playful on the Nazism part. A, it doesn't deserve to be. It, this is a. There's a lot of semantics they did a in the statement. Job of balancing it, I think. There's a lot funny. of semantics, but it doesn't deserve to be taken seriously from the standpoint of that's what satire is. And the second piece of it is, I do think it is going to be a simplified view because it's a ten year old's view. Uh, so I, I, this movie is, as I think I told Andrew, this is, is close to a 10 movie for me as you're going to get, this falls right in line with, uh, the things that I want from a film. Uh, I've, so I've I, I really been to it. a lot of movies, watched a lot of movies with Patrick. I don't know that I've ever heard him have an out loud response in a theater. And he had a, Damn. he had a visceral response during, during one key part of the film I mean, as did 80% of the rest of the theater, but, but Patrick did. And so in him doing that, I'm just like, wow, that's, that says something to me. Um, but but, that said, I know that many of our listeners are going to, are, will share your opinion too, Lauren. So it'll be interesting for anybody listening. Uh, tell us what you thought about the film, uh, where, where you thought if, if you think it, uh, didn't push it enough or, or maybe feels like it held back or, did you love it or, or just tell us, uh, so this, uh, this episode has gone long, right? We get that. Yeah, I do want to say, one, I do want to say something though about I have this. one last thing too. you go first. Okay. About this specifically, I, I want to, so I get from what I get, what you're saying, maybe a little bit, um, from the standpoint of m- merchandising, like on the other side of this, I love this movie so much. I want to own a print. That's instantly what mm-hmm. I think of like, okay, how can I, how can I show the world that I love this movie beyond just telling people that I like this movie? And we get, we get the opportunity because of what we, the world that we are in now, people make art prints and, and posters and things like that for movies. And I'm thinking like, I don't know that I can, depending on how they do it, they have to be really careful. Cause I don't know that I would want to display something that would be probably look like Nazi propaganda on my wall. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's, I'd have to be like, no, it's a satire. Just trust me, like that kind of thing. And so I do kind of get maybe from from that perspective of being maybe a little cautious um, and having to run things through maybe a slightly different filter because of the content matter. So maybe yeah. they did. Maybe it is ten percent less than it could have been. And I still really liked it. And I just want to say one little shout out to like the perfect little child that played Yorkie. He is the best kid oh, in the world. Man. He's Absolutely. so cute. I love him. Absolutely. I mean, the acting in it was, was I think, phenomenal. In yeah, I think every piece of acting was just destroyed by the actors. Like the kids were great. Like Scarlett Johansson was great. Alfie Allen, who I didn't even know was in it, was amazing. 
Oh, yeah. I was and Sam Rockwell. And- Sam mm-hmm. Rockwell is one of my favorites. He's been one of my favorites since Match Stickman. Yeah, I love him. And I think that uh, Stephen and Merchant will definitely pop up in more Taika Waititi movies in the future. It seems like they just hit it off. Well, he's, perf- he's perfect for playing a... I love that they over accentuated his height even more for that scene. Yeah, that was, oh, yeah they, they stood like, on a put box. him on a, <laughs> like an apple box or something. Uh-huh. Um, okay, well, this has okay, been a longest ever. This is a long episode. If you stuck with us, congratulations. You win um, Patrick's loyal subjects package. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> go to, you just have to go pick it up. Just go find it somewhere in uh, the greater Chattanooga area. Um, but seriously, just drive to every house. This has been a fun episode. We've talked about stuff. We've uh, disagreed. It's our first disagreement on air. Um, you are truly Luke now. <laughs> you have taken <laughs> you have taken the torch and you have run with it. Congratulations. Um, oh, yeah. You can find this episode uh, and all the, the links and stuff that we talked about in our show notes on mof1.network. You can find hundreds of other episodes if you like what you hear um, and tons of interviews. We have an interview coming up this Friday, so two days from release um, is our next art department installment, and that is with a crowd favorite, and I say crowd favorite in the sense that he has been probably the most requested artist that we have not had on the show up to this point, but have finally had on the show, Dave Perillo. Um, he, uh, was yes. a blast to chat with. That's and awesome. so, um, he has a show coming out, a, a, a doubles show, um, this weekend. Um, and so we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about his story and about his work with Disney and other things and other properties. So go check out that episode on Friday. It, the best way to get that is to subscribe. So, um, subscribe to this on it, whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and then rate and review, because when you do that, uh, it helps us out a ton. Doesn't cost you any money. Takes very little time and we will read it on the air last episode we had one we read it it was a ton of fun uh it was also a really good review and really well written we might have him write all of our content moving forward um but uh (laughs) for now you can find us on social media you can join the conversation on slack go to mbof1.network slash slack and uh join the conversation on there we talk about movies tv games everything in between um am i missing anything maybe who knows but uh, i'm andrew i'm lauren i'm patrick until next time peace out Adios. Bye.